stories, I'm peeling back the curtain to let you hear a conversation like you've never heard before anywhere. It's kind of like my own unofficial therapy session. These are women like me and maybe like you who've gone through hell and back with a mother or mother-in-law, maybe it's an aunt. We speak regularly to share updates, both sad and hopeful, We feel like we're in this exclusive club that no one wants to be in or understand, but we were all forced into this role. We've all come from different backgrounds, live in different states. These confidants are smart, professional career women who have a lot to share. I asked them if we could do a group call for an episode so everyone can kind of hear what we share with each other. And without hesitation, they said yes. Now, my biggest challenge with this podcast is still finding answers about how to handle loved ones in the grips of a scumbag. So I want you to hear the frustration, the heartbreak, and the ideas that we all talk about in this group. You're going to hear a lot of that here. These are all women, by the way, I've interviewed in the past. Let's start in the beginning and how you felt in the beginning when you figured out that your loved one was getting scammed and what you thought like your actions would do. I was shocked because my aunt had called me on Halloween night, I think a few years ago, saying that my mama had wanted to borrow $10,000 from her. And then she said, well, we think she's gonna she's being scammed because she talked about a friend on an oil rig somewhere on the coast of Italy. And I'm like, ah, yeah. So I think from that point on, it was more just trying to gather resources. I, I thought personally that having... Uh, a person of authority, like a police officer or a social worker, some somebody that could really knock some sense into her, would help her and, and just kind of get the message to her. And that was at a point where she hadn't borrowed any money, hadn't given any money from my sort of inclination. So we did all that. And then she continued to be secretive and she continued to, we found out that she took out a loan to give to scammers and it, it still continues today. So um I think my highest hope was probably at that point when I was gathering resources to the point where I found the actual picture of the guy that was being used in the the fake profile. And like he was talking to her saying, no, somebody stole my picture. Like you're being scammed. And she just she couldn't put two and two together. And I think at that point it was like, well, if the person is telling you that this is my picture. It was stolen. You were being scammed. She couldn't like come to that realization. It was sort of like a no hope, but I'm kind of monitoring things from that point on. And what about the rest of you? Did you have a feeling like you'd be able to fix it in the beginning? I remember when she first uh, mentioned this, this guy that she had met on Facebook. One of the first things she said to me was that he had asked for money and she was in no way going to give him this money he had asked for. And, and that like kind of threw up the red flags right away. And that was the first time I heard about this person and, and she gave me his name and that he was working on an oil rig in Mexico. And, and I came home and I Googled this person's name. It just popped up all over the place as a, 
a scam name. And basically, I, I think I found it on um, an AARP website. When I Googled his name and the scam details, it popped right up. I sent it to her right away. And her first reaction was, that's not him. I think at that point in time, I really think that that it could be fixed. But it just progressed from there. It just got worse. So was there a point for each of you where you realized this isn't going to change? For sure. I, don't, I couldn't tell you a specific time, but um, gosh, I mean, I, I've come to the point where I think that our mom um, knows, she knows she's being scammed and she... Well, I go back and forth on if there's a mental faculty problem or if she just is so addicted to it that she can't see anything else, that she's so willing that she just does not care about anything but this person. All of us agreed that when you think they've hit rock bottom, there's a new rock bottom. Like in my mom's case, the first rock bottom was when she lost her home and she lost her car. The next rock bottom was the rocky relationship with my brother and I and when she said horrible things. The final rock bottom was right before when she was delirious from talking to the scammer and rolled out of bed to her death. It doesn't get any more bottom than that. Now I know that's morbid, but those are the facts for my story. So for other family members, they might not even be aware of their rock bottom yet. When she went into a homeless shelter, was when I really was like, this is this is how it ends in my mind. This is never going to be better than it is right now, which is really sad. I thought it was going to end when she spent the night in the emergency room waiting room because she had nowhere to go. I thought that would be the end of it. Like you thought, okay, here's the rock uh, bottom. Yeah. I have wondered if she's actually been homeless on the street. I don't know. She's talked about a homeless shelter that she had to leave during the day. I think that was what it was. Mm-hmm. She had she couldn't stay there during the day, but she could sleep there at night. I, I, it just seems like it keeps getting worse, you know? And I, I, I can't imagine living life the way she does. I, I don't understand it. All of us on this call are still looking for answers. And I remember like the story when we were talking about the FBI agent coming to the Mm -hmm. door and I Mm -hmm. thought like if an FBI agent that is warning your mother of potential drug muling charges can't get that message to her, like what are you supposed to do, right? Yeah, I felt like um, she just kind of brushed that all off, like like it was a joke, like everybody's overreacting. I don't think she quite grasped still how serious it is. My mother-in-law got a fake letter from the FBI that demanded $20,000 that she believed was real and sent that. But when she got the real FBI letter warning her that she might be charged with mutilating and all that, that was a joke and she didn't believe that. So. so that's the problem is figuring out what would work. People are always reaching out to me asking how they can stop it. I hate when I get that question because how do I respond? I think the the problem really is that like our mothers have mental health issues, uh, issues that are probably rooted in trauma, uh, issues that won't be helped until they become more self-aware. And some people will never become self-aware. Like my mom, for instance, will never take a step back and, and look at herself and realize what she's doing is unhealthy for herself, unhealthy for the family, unhealthy for 
whoever might be impacted. So how do you help somebody with mental health issues that doesn't have the awareness that they have mental health issues or, or wants to be helped or even like wants to go to therapy or any of that? Putting these like barriers with banks and um, you know law enforcement officers, um, there's only so much you can do if you don't have access to POA, for example, power of attorney. It doesn't solve the root problem. All of us have had a little glimmer of hope at one point, and then it just goes right back to the old bad habits. I think that has actually happened so many times throughout this whole process or this whole chaotic mess. I, I can't, I don't even know how many times it's happened. We've told her, you need to get mental help first. You need to turn your finances over. Um, and not even to either one of us, just turn it over to somebody who's professional, a professional money person. She's convinced that we just want to control her. We don't. We just want her to be able to survive and, and provide for herself. I don't know. It's It's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of hopeful moments. For many women on this call, their loved one has come clean. My mom did the same thing. And then... It's kind of like the rug is just pulled out from underneath you and she goes right back to the lies and the sneakiness it's, I, I, that I don't understand. We've yeah. both been through so much. I mean, she's even been to so many emergency room visits. They always clear her. She's fine. She's fine. She's absolutely fine. So they, at the emergency room, they've never sent her to a mental facility. They just let her go? Yep. No. So I, I am her emergency contact person. So when things happen, uh, previously before she left my house, she, she had me as her emergency contact. So whenever anything happens, I get phone calls because it's in her file. She's never taken it out of her file. They've begged doctors to check out her mental state. So every time <laughs> I try to get them to evaluate her. But actually, I was speaking to one of her home home health care people after she got released from the hospital last time. And here in Tennessee, and I, you'll have to forgive me because I don't know the details on it, but they had recently passed a law for social services and that has really tied the hands of people here, like Adult Protective Services, which has been involved um, and and pushing to get these evaluations. And I know for me, that's a really sticky point because I don't feel like you should not be able to take somebody's rights away easily. It should not be something that we can just do. And uh, so I understand there should there should absolutely be hoops, but there are so many barriers to getting this evaluation. Even Social Security told me that they were going to suspend her benefits until she had a an evaluation and then that falls through because I don't know it gets passed to a different employee who then another one and then you have to start the whole process over and over again and uh I mean there's a lot like every doctor that I've talked to has not done an evaluation for her every emergency room visit she was hospitalized I I mean I I don't know what the magic word is to get them to do it but <laughs> Have any of you tried to get them committed? You know what? My husband, who's a physician, tried everything that his mom evaluated through neuropsych and everything. And even then he couldn't. And that's him calling, you know, physicians that he knows personally. So it is not it's not going to happen. Um, and she's been she's been tested with mental things and passed everything. Um, mm -hmm. So there's no good solution to any of this. 
I remember when this first started, she was seeing a psychiatrist and she, uh, we asked her to get evaluated then. And then she did give us permission to speak with her psychiatrist after the evaluation. And I talked to her and the psychiatrist said she couldn't diagnose her with anything specific, but she did say there's definitely something wrong. And it's, uh, it's more like she's under the influence of like a cult. And I, I agree. It's, that's what it seems like. That's an interesting theory. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Definitely like an addiction type thing. I would agree with the cult thing. And it's, I think it's a brainwashing and mm-hmm. I've not ever been brainwashed. So I don't know, but between the addiction and brainwashing out of control. I, uh, I'm, I still have access to my mom's um, like credit report. I, I put my, it was kind of sneaky and I put my own name as the emergency contact if any, any big purchases pop up or anything that looks like fraud. And um, about last month, uh, I got a call from Bell Canada, which is like a big service provider for phones here. And they said, your mother has been trying to buy 10 iPhone 15 Pro Maxes. And so that was totaling $10,000. And so I had to explain to them, I said, this is, you know, she's been scammed by romance scammers before. This appears to be the same thing. And they said, yeah, we weren't going to put the order through, but for some reason I was contacted as the emergency contact. So, uh, and then I, I contacted my dad and he's like, oh, well, she's trying She's starting, like, she thinks that she's um, friends with, like, a Hong Kong movie star. And then the movie star has asked her to buy a bunch of cell phones. And then uh, he'll pay her back $40,000. So it, it, for her also, it's a bit of a money-making scheme. Like, it's 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 a greed element that's there. Um, but it's interesting because I, I do monitor her emails. And I know that she has secret accounts that I don't know about. But... Um, the one that I did, did create for her and have access to, um, I I check out her like Facebook Messenger messages and and she's like started instead of talking to like one on one scammers, it's more like fan pages now. So she's like into this particular movie star's fan pages, but she thinks that she's talking to him. And there have been instances where these fan pages are like, oh, can you like give me money. And she's, she knows this is not real. This is a scam. So she's actually said this is a scam to some of them, but then to others, it's like she buys into the story. So I, I, it's, it's a weird, I have no idea what her thought process is with that, but it, it did feel reassuring just even a little bit to see that she recognized that they're like, this is a scam. But yet she didn't recognize with another fan page. She's particular about her scams, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so something that I think might be helpful helpful for others in our situation is if you could go back and do it all over again, would there be anything that you'd do differently? I know for my husband and I, um, he was on his mom's bank account. My father in law had just died. She moved to our town and um he noticed Oh, about eight months before we figured out the whole romance scam problem that um, a large sum of money had been taken out of her account. He confronted her on it and she removed him from the account. And he didn't really push hard on that. And, he, and now, in hindsight, he should have 
investigated that more because that's when it was starting. She claimed she was lent it to a neighbor and the neighbor paid her back. And so I think he and his brothers were hoping everything was fine. And obviously it wasn't. So so you think push harder? Yeah, I think if you, if you have an inclination, something's going on, you're probably right. If your intuition's telling you something's off, I, that's what I would tell people. I'd say definitely follow up on that. And, you know, my husband's her conservator, and so he controls all her finances now, but that doesn't matter. Um, she's still finding other ways to get money. She's always seems one step ahead of us. Well, I think a lot of us went back and forth, or I went back and forth on, okay, I'm going to crack down and push harder one minute. And the next minute, I was like, I'm done. I'm throwing my hands up in the air. I think we've all kind of been th- on that roller coaster. I mean, at this point, I think I have a complicated relationship with my parents because um, I, I have CPTSD, a lot of like uh, chaos growing up in that house. So I have a it's a double edged sword for me because I, I, I do I don't want them harmed. But at the same time, how much of my own mental health do I want to devote to this, especially if they're not listening and especially like I'm seeing their codependency really coming to a head now where um, I've warned my dad, like if, if she continues to take out loans, they can be leaned against the house. And so I've been trying to come up with strategies, but every time you try and go see a lawyer, he's like, yeah, I'm not ready for that. And he waffles. And I think now he's just turned 89. So it's, it's sort of like, well, we'll see how this plays out because I don't see him making any changes this late in his life and she he needs her to contribute things like driving him to appointments and groceries and stuff like that so he needs her i understand that but at the same time like this is not stopping and he buries his head in the sand and he's like oh i got it under control um and it's like so for my role it's like well what do i do like how much how much uh bandwidth do I give to my parents who also treated me terribly growing up, who my mom does not trust anybody in her family. So that's interesting. (laughs) She doesn't trust anyone in her family, but she's leaning into a scammer. Hmm. Yep, exactly. Because it's the attention and the like kind of false um, love or what, you know, the false kind of attention and love that she really desires. You guys, some of you on this call have a a different dynamic than me because my mom was single. I'm trying to imagine how much different it would have been if she would have been married to my father still. That makes it even harder for you guys. I can't imagine. I think that's part of the problem. Uh, my our, our parents were married, you know, basically forever. And uh, dad died, what, about a year before this all really came to light. And I think mom was just in, you know, that really low spot. And she had somebody messaging her on Facebook that said, all of the right things. Everything was perfect. And it was exactly what she wanted to hear. And she fell for it hook, line and sinker. And then was bound and determined that it was going to be what she wanted it to be. I think that's still where she's at. She's going to prove everybody wrong. (laughs) Okay. Is there anything we haven't covered that you think we need to cover for other people in our shoes? I would just like to say advice wise, like if they agree to go see a counselor, don't even hope maybe or have low hope that that's going to help because we also had that and that social worker did nothing and the social worker couldn't talk to us so we couldn't tell her what was true so I know everything was a lie pretty much everything she says we just uh, consider to be a lie because we can't trust her on anything when I start to tell people my mom's story the first thing they say is well why didn't you just tell her that it was a scam I'm like oh you think I didn't try that I mean (laughs) 
<laughs> you, you are not dealing with a rational person here, people. Uh, when they say that, I just want to, I just shut down. Okay, I'm not talking about this anymore with you. Oh, I was going to say the town I live in. If there's a support group, I think I'd be surprised how many people came out. Like if your loved one's been scammed and and you're dealing with it, I think there's tons of us out there. You know, I thought about starting a support group, but I don't know how you know how that would look. Would would you have to travel around the country and hold meetings? Would people attend like a, a call, an online mm. call like this? I don't know. I think an online call would be great because it's anonymous. Like you could turn your camera off. There's still some shame in it. So, yeah, um, yeah definitely. And then it's, it's accessible to everyone. Like all of you are in the U.S. I'm in Canada. So that's yeah. amazing that we're all in the same room together. Yeah, Kathy Wilson would be good at that, that counselor in Colorado who deals with romance scam victims. She would be good at that. Actually, I do have something positive to say about meeting people that are in the same position, everyone in this room here, because uh, when I talk to friends about it and they're sick to, sick to death of me, like bitching about mm-hmm. it, but it's like, it's nice to talk to people who, who get it, who have been through it and know that it's like, yeah, we've already done this, 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 and it still feels impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. does feel nice being around other people who know what you're going through and they're not drilling me with questions about why I can't fix it and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've stopped talking to my friends about it because it's just, you know, it's like 20 questions about why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Exactly. Yeah, it sounds so unbelievable. April, I think it'd be neat if you could do a podcast, if you find the right person on um, like what brainwashing is and how that affects people. Mm -hmm. Because I think, I mean, that's really what it's coming down to. These scammers are professionals. My mother-in-law was communicating with four different ones. I'm sure it's from the same network, you know, whenever Africa, India, wherever it was. But, um, yeah, the whole mental brainwashing and addiction thing, I think it's interesting. Absolutely. Have any of you, um, your your parents, given their social insurance number, their social security numbers away? Because mine has. My dad told me that, like, date of birth, credit card, like, social insurance number all given away i'm like that that that's insane like and that's why these fake credit cards are now being sent to the house and the banks are saying come in we want to look at it and then they're telling my parents no 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 this is a fake credit card like this is a scam and yet it still doesn't click in for her so the banks are closing the credit cards before anyone uses them that well yes they're calling them in to actually at least yeah, the banks that is, are that is something. great yeah sure I'm sure our mom has. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but she ha- gets her accounts regularly closed down. Regularly. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> checking accounts, baking accounts. She runs through them like nobody's business. She, she never knows where any of her money is either because she has, she, I wouldn't even have a basis for how many checking accounts she has opened because they get flagged closed down for fraud and then she opens up another one and starts the process all over again. Now, isn't it interesting that there isn't a system in the banking industry where they could see that? Well, and I don't, I need to check more into this, but when my mother-in-law was way overdrawn, this is when we started figuring out what's going on. Um, the bank in our town, and this is in the state of Kansas, um, put some type of flag and we were told that if she tried to open an account anywhere else in the state, that that would come up and she wouldn't be allowed to open one. But I don't know. I think that they can just keep opening like the debit card accounts, not like a checking, 
but like a debit card type thing where they get a card, you know, and it's not like a credit check and they don't look at, they don't look at anything. So I'm, I'm thinking that's what she's might be doing because she was, wasn't she saying something about like Walmart money, that sort of thing. So, and I know Walmart does some sort of debit card where you can just go in and get a card and put money on it and you're all set. I know I teased an announcement, but I think I'm going to put it on the Facebook page instead. So, until next time, Scammer Warriors. Thank you.